I'm Cody Schneider. This is the In the Pit podcast. Today, we're talking to my friend Brian, and he's going to share with us how he made thousands of Google Maps listings, which turned into 25,000 plus calls per month organically from those listings, how he hacked that whole thing, and then how he's using AI to get Upwork jobs by submitting proposals. So basically, the AI is writing those proposals and how you can you know, employ this within your business as well. This episode is brought to you by Swell AI. Swell AI is a content repurposing tool that helps marketing teams make content for all of the channels that they're trying to do distribution through. Go to swellai.com to get started for free. All right, let's get started with today's show. What is good, man? It's, uh, two best months behind me. Hell yeah, I'd love to hear it. Brian, how you doing? How long has it been, man? We I think the last time we talked was like a, probably like a month ago or two months ago. I can't remember. Prior to my vacation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, hell yeah. But like, yeah, let's shoot some biz talk. Let's focus on that. That's I'm down. Like I'm down. Up. Let's do the. Let's start with the crazy. Let's do the the Google hack, the Google Maps hack that got you uh, twenty five thousand inbound calls from like Google Maps. That's a per month twenty five thousand inbound calls per it's insane. month. It's insane. So what'd you do? Lay it out for me. And just uh, for context too, for people that are listening, uh, Brian, you you run an agency out of Chicago, right? Um, it's a web development SEO. It's kind of a full stack digital marketing agency. But you've done like just crazy degenerate like marketing stuff, and then now service clients and that whole thing. Is that is that kind um, of a high level? More like we're more like a, a agency focused around everything that's websites related okay, and, then cool. we do, okay, cool. and then we do mobile apps on top so that's like web development web design like websites and seo so everything around around websites so seo wise like i did some really crazy stuff and that that thing is like just one of those things that that i've done throughout my career that was on my previous on my last job that I've ever held in my life, and, and that's probably the last job I, I'll ever hold. Um, but it was a it was really crazy, crazy experience getting those twenty five thousand inbound calls per month. Like I that. love it. So how'd you do it? Was it for the agency, or was it for like another company? No, that was like my last job. I was a VP of marketing. I was a VP of marketing there. That, that's a funny story. I think I, I think I spoke with Joe. Previously okay. had a similar style of podcast, but yeah, 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 yeah. We, we weren't covering this. this Don't was, t- this well, was, tell me about it. Do you not want to talk about it? We we can if you want. I can, yeah. Like, yeah, please, please. I, I didn't, I didn't mention it for no reason, right? I wanted, <laughs> to, I wanted to, I wanted to spit it out there. So, it's it's a kind of crazy, crazy story. There were these two guys. They were my old bosses, and and, and they're like old school Americans. They're like capitalists. True and true. And when they when they figured out that we can set up a fictitious Google location and get it to rank, they're like, give me all of this. All of this. And I'm like, Google's gotta figure us out. Like, so we start building Google locals, right? And so Google at that time they were asking you to get the postcard. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The validation. You it basically was like a physical piece of mail that had a code on it that you had to like validate. Correct. So, so nowadays they're asking for validation plus the the video show, right? Which is also hackable. You can still kind of pull that off even today. But so yeah, but before well, it was just a piece of mail. Like it was like get the piece of mail and you have a like a a, a Google Maps listing, a Google My Business listing is at least what they so, used to call it. But so we did this website called quick cash cakes uh, and blasted it on Facebook. Uh, I don't think that one exists, but like, if you want to see, there's like a, this one, we, we never used it, but it's called like best cash cakes. And we would run Facebook ads to it. And, uh, and then we would like ask people to either leave a review on that fictitious Google local and pay them like 15 bucks. To oh my review. God five-star review and then how were you getting like, the locations like the addresses you were sending to was it like p.o boxes or what were you doing so, so listen up the p.o boxes were suspended yeah right so yeah. i'm like that's not gonna stop me so we post an ad on facebook ads help a local company rank on google uh get this code to us and we'll pay you 50 dollars oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god. How many so, listings was it? How many how many of the, how many listings did you have nationally? Long story short, three thousand listings oh later. My oh my god. Oh my god. Three thousand listings later. Um but the thing is it's not just the GMB that you create. Like you have to create the Gmail. Not every time you're going to get the 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 postal. It's a 2017 story, but yeah. uh, we penetrated Google's defenses really, really deep. It's like an exercise in cybersecurity and just unraveling. We understood like basically everything, which is the subcontracting company from San Francisco that services Google's pattern recognition systems that are trying to figure out if you are utilizing SIM cards or phone numbers to bypass mm. their... So we got uh, literally 10,000 of SIM cards from Serbia and they were $2 a piece. We were using first American SIM cards, but the American SIM cards were like $20 and you would have to pay $10 a month for the phone to be active. And I'm like, let's find some cheaper phone numbers and then, 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 then it took off. But not only that, we also had to, how do I call it? Uh, we also had to, uh, be very careful about the IP addresses and the proxies wouldn't cut it by themselves. So we would RDP into a VPS and then on top of the VPS, you would have to launch a proxy as well. And then you would have to create a Gmail account. And then from the Gmail accounts, you would have to send the, so the IP the, was consistent the whole time through interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's kind of like what happened over there with, the with, the. Google my business listings. So you would have to run this huge spreadsheet where you would know which RDP did you use and VPS and which proxy. And it was like a laborsome operation. We had a team, um, I hired like 15 people out of Serbia hmm. to in a remote office. And those guys were crazy, smoking pot over there, doing, doing Adderall, like, totally ballistic, fucking crazy crew. I was like, I go over there, like, they're, like, trying to get me wasted and stuff. But it was, uh, it was an interesting story, right? And, That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, long, story, long story short. Do you have like, roots back in Serbia? I, I never yeah, asked yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, cool. I, I'm from there. Nice, cool. Uh, so like long story short this is in my living room as a byproduct of of that because like imagine you're running around twenty thousand unique inbound phone calls per month for five years oh my god dude for five I can't years even imagine. like we were feeding a call center where there was like over 100 people employed that's insane so, that's on top of the like so this is like my my own innovation yeah yeah uh, coupled with like two crazy, crazy guys back in it. But the operation was pretty lean. So if you that's like 800 calls a day that you're fielding uh, with that call center. If it's 25,000 a month, yeah, it's like 30 days or whatever. It's probably, it's probably really business so days mainly. So it's 1200 or whatever. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty split even because it's people looking for, for, for loans. Ah, okay. So it's 800, like 800 to a thousand calls per day. Insane. Uh, so, but that's, that's not counting that we also had organic operations, right? And then we also ran PPC on top of it. So like in certain locations, it's like, it's not like where are you in the first place of Google? No, like how many of these yeah. uh, listings on the first page, there's 17, how many of them are ours? Yeah. It wasn't like a question like, oh, I rank a website. Like, oh, where's my website ranking? Like, no, how many listings? Yeah, that whole page, how much of that, like, pixel yes, real estate we were, do I own? We were running two ads. At that time, I think that there was three ads at the top of Google, not four. Yep. There were three. So out of those three, two were ours. In the map stack, there was another three. There was, like, two or three that were ours. And then top three organic were also ours. So when a searcher comes in, right, they want to comparison price shop the, the best loan rates they would like fill out five applications to the same CRM that were sitting on the on the other side so you know I quit that company they, they they had some regulatory challenges I was like an immigrant at the time and I had nothing to do with that that's like it was not my part uh, but uh, it felt like a little bit of a hot water so I had to duck out 
but the guys were polite to me and uh, then they were what's it called uh, fairly generous in giving me like my birthday present uh, like a two years after I was gone so you get to see that statue in the back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you yeah. sent me in the Twitter <laughs> that's that's like a really awesome gift like I, I made someone like six seven million dollars and all I got is this stupid statue it's just like a meme. It's just a meme. But uh, no, it's uh, after that. I was like, Psh, my ingenuity. And yeah, I can do anything. Yeah, I can. I should be doing anything that I want and yeah. uh, and own it. So the payoff is you, right? Like I don't know. Exactly. I, you have one of those moments, and it's like I, I did this for a, when I was working in the B two B world, and it was kind of a similar, like not not in the Google Maps space, but it was like uh, like in the like owning a bunch of SERPs related. It was like this fortune 500 company. So we just like spun out, like we called them like AstroTurf websites. Right. So it's like, if you searched anything related to them, it was basically like, just, it was them. They came up right for all of their high, like the high value keywords. Um, and no, then you're, uh, you're like, why am I not doing this for my own companies? <laughs> totally but, get it. Yeah. So anyway, how long were you doing that for, for this other company? I worked at, oh. uh, I worked at that agency for you for like two to three years. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was great. I was young. I was young and just like green. I didn't really have like a ton of experience. Like I hadn't touched huge budgets yet. And like there they were like, you know, here's <laughs> whatever, 25 grand, spend it over the next week and tell us what the data says. Right. And it's like, awesome. <laughs> like just, they don't even blink about it. Right. And so it was kind of that where it was just like my at bats just got crazy and we were all, you know, so I had a, my boss who was like, uh, he, he was, a you know, he worked, he worked in tech before. And then he like basically started this agency. Um, but long story short, uh, for him, what he ended up doing was just like, you know, he would get all this, all these companies. And then he'd just be like, Cody, go figure out like how to do digital strategy, like figure out digital marketing for him. And so it was like, I had free reign to just kind of fuck around. Right. Which was like the best place just from like a learning standpoint to kind of get up to speed. That's, so. that's exactly how my old job was for me. I, I, I was like, I just immigrated to the United States and that was my first job. And they're like, oh, you did some Google ads. Well, like, how about you spend $100,000 this month? And I'm like, what? Yep. Like $100,000, like I never, I never made that kind of money in my life. Exactly. And I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm like for the whole life at this point, I don't know if I made a hundred thousand dollars and I'm like, I was 27. Just spend it in 30 days. It's like, yeah, that's what it, it was the same thing. I was like 24, 23, 24. And just, I mean, I, I'd never seen like, they just don't care. You know, they had, they have the budgets are just, it's a whole other level. So anyway, uh, that, that was kind of the first step, like from that too, it's like, okay, I, I, that was like an introduction to B2B. Um, and then from there it was like, uh, you know, like everybody, we all go to B2B SaaS. <laughs> With enough time, you end up in B2B SaaS because you realize there's so much money in it. It's like that or you run, you know, some type of digital agency that's servicing some other business. Like those two things are just like money printers. So, yeah, I would say it's just an evolution that you have to go through as, a, as an entrepreneur. And like, especially if you don't want to go around begging for money. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Like I never understood people that are like, I have to raise capital. Like why? why? Why would I have to? I quit my job not to have a boss. Why would I quit my job and take stress and have someone to tell me what to do? Like it just never, never clicked with me. But I also, being an immigrant, I, I had no idea how to raise. Totally. Like, and then you're like feeling like an imposter in a whole different context. I don't feel like an imposter now. No. Right. But when I came 10, 10 years ago, it was, how do I say it? It was a sticking, sticking point, right? Like I For couldn't, sure. I, my English is great. And I, I would argue that 10 years ago, it wasn't as good as it is today. It was still amazing. Uh, but still you are, you're an underdog. You're, 100%. You're coming, and I, have, I had no con connections, nothing. Yeah. So when I had that one job, I had to like cling on it yeah. because I, I had no other option. Yeah. I was hustling Upwork on the side, and that's how the agency kind of started on its own. Totally. Yeah, because I was working full time, so what did I do? I hired a dad. That's, that's okay. literally, yeah, that's exactly what I did. I, I, so I, was, I had my day job, and then I was like taking consulting clients on the side. And then it got to a point where it was like, it, that was making more money than my salary. And I'm like, what am, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? 
and it was it was easier too it was just like i was doing like digital marketing with i mean it got to the point where we were working with these companies and it was like legal had to see what we were doing and then like we had to get like four approvals and you know you just go through these like it's all these hoops to jump through when it's these large corporations like everybody wants to do enterprise but they actually like it's such a pain in the ass like it is such a pain in the ass to actually do it and so anyway, I just, I took a step back and I started working with like more medium sized businesses that still had capital and they had marketing teams, but we were, I, you know, I was just running like PPC or whatever for them. And I mean, again, it was like 26 and you're making whatever, 15 grand a month. You're living a good, like, that's a great life. Right. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, but yeah, that, that, that was like, uh, my first year out of the, out of the United States. Um, uh, I got like a job offer for a startup. And I left this company where I stuck out working for them for like six years. But that one year, I like I told I told them like, well, I have to move to the West Coast, and I'll, I'll I gotta say goodbye. And they're like, keep your job remote. I'm like, what? So I got like two salaries, and I got uh, a, a third gig. So for three months, I'm like earning like 15 20, 15, 20 grand per month. Uh, it's like my first year in the United States, and I'm like. How the fuck is this possible? Like that, that's 10 years ago. Like imagine what kind of a crazy shenanigans are happening today with the AI oh, and, and stuff like people don't even understand the depth of the opportunity. And then you go and take a look at some of these guys that are crushing it on YouTube, that are crushing it on social, like TikTok, whatnot, newsletters, 5 million a year. Like yeah. it really changes your perception about money. You just thought like it's just a number. Like yeah. you're here playing a video game. It's a video game. Yeah. It's, what it, it's what it feels like in these digital, in the digital spaces, right? Like in any agency or like any, any SaaS product. Yeah. Even our conversation, like we're, we're recording a video to drop it onto other people so they can watch this and just assume the, the, the mindset. And it's, it's mind blowing. People are yeah. just, uh, connecting and sharing the information at a rapid pace because 10 years ago, if I said to someone, like from my old friends back in, in, in the home country, like what I was doing, they'd be like, it's impossible. But I, I remember I was working three jobs basically for three months. Like then I stuck with two and then I went, I went back to Chicago because the guys wanted me to run the whole company. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, 20 grand in a month, like how is this possible? Yeah, and then you start to realize it's really not that much of a money. In that's the terrible part, because <laughs> your it, standard it, gets higher then. <laughs> exactly, and, and then then you start like thinking differently about life. You you really don't care about that number at certain point anymore, and it doesn't even trigger your dopamine. It's yeah. just like I'm working, I'm making it. That that's it. You you keep on going. Once you get to that quality of life you want to, then it, it's kind of just like everything else after it. It's like, all right, well, I, I mean, I don't know. We always talk, like my girlfriend and I talk about this all the time where it's like, I could live like this probably for forever. Like, and it'd be pretty content, you know, just like where we are kind of, right? But I, that, that extra shit is like, okay, cool. Well, we go travel or we do something else with it. But it's like, you know, I think at, we, that, at that point, everyone wants to become a YouTuber. Like, okay, yeah. I'm like, I, I'm really making it, but no one knows about it. So yeah. what's the point of, 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 of having this if you're not going to fly it around? Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's the bottom line. But also, there's, I think that there's like a, a lot of validation coming from, from YouTube. And yeah. pe people want to give back and help others. And then, then there's some altruism happening. I, I look, look at Hermosi. He's a, he's a good example. I, I'm pretty confident that based on his exit of Jim Watch, that he's at least... 20% of the guy that he's saying that he is, right? That he, he might not be, even if he's not the $100 million man, if he's like a $20 million man, he doesn't have to work in his life anymore at all. And just look at him being on YouTube the same way that Cody Schneider is on Twitter. It's like 10 YouTubes a day, you know, 10 reels, 10 shorts. Um, but I, I, I think it's literally just, you want to like you're, the thing you just said where it's like, you want to educate. Like I, I didn't have this when I was like starting out, right? Like 10 years ago, I was like fucking around on forums, trying to get any, any like signal within the noise of all this because everybody you, was selling a Black, course or what? Were you on Black Hat's world? Hell yeah. I'm still on Black Hat world. <laughs> That's where I learned everything. It was that Reddit and like yeah. YouTube channels that had like 
a thousand subs, you know? I swear to God, 2009, I didn't graduate college yet. And I'm reading Black Cat Forum. There's this like super long post that I've read for the first time getting exposed to digital marketing. And I was like, fuck it. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I graduate, I'm about to graduate investment banking. I'm like, I just finished the internship in the treasury department of a bank. So like the top of the top echelon of the bank, you cannot get a better job in a bank than working in a treasury. And I'm like, this is so boring. You have to go to work. You have to have a boss. You have to dress nice. You have to go nine to five. And I'm like, no fucking way. No fucking way. And I'm reading this and I'm reading this post and this guy, I'll send you the post. We can put it in the show. Notes. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. I'll add it to the show notes. And the guy explains how you can uh, sell digital products in evergreen industries. And I read this 10 years, like 15 years later. This was 2009. And I'm reading this as, as basically a kid, 23 years old. And I'm reading this post and I'm like, and I'm like there's so much fucking money to be made on the internet. This is, this is insane. People you like, can, yeah. And you just don't realize. And then you get your first one and you're like, oh my God. Like I just made, I, I remember I was, <laughs> I was doing print on demand and it was like straight up. I was, uh, I was data mining like Amazon and Etsy to find winning products. And then I would go and I'd like remake the designs and we'd add them to like mugs, shirts, anything that you could imagine. Right. And like we had this month where it just like, oh, you know, we made like 20 grand in November or whatever. It was like 20 grand in, in, in December and I was like 22. And it was just like light bulb, right? You're like, okay, cool. I'm not going to do anything else. Like I'm, this is all I'm going to do for the rest of my life is this thing. Because it just scales infinitely. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> and it's, I mean, that's, that's the thing is there's so many avenues with it too. Like you can do agencies. You can do like e-com shit. You can do like, there's all of these different things. And it's, it's just picking the one that you're like most interested in and also best at. Like you probably, I, I mean, I know, I know you just like from an agency and we're going to talk about this, but like you've built this agency that just rips, like, it's just like, it's a machine, right? <laughs> and like, you can just print money with this thing as much as you want, basically. So it's like, okay, like that's your, that's your deep tea. And I know you're, you're messing around with other products, like projects too. But anyway, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think that there's <laughs> like, you just have to get that win. Like it's the first time you make a thousand dollars, like from, a, from the internet, you're like, oh, okay. Well, well, can I make 10? And then it just starts compounding and this whole thing just rolls over, so. And that is exactly what you said. It, it, once, you, once you earn your first dollar online, it just never stops. And totally. Luckily, luckily, my first 4A, like my first introduction, kudos to this guy. I, I, don't, I don't vibe with him nowadays, but when he built this, uh, it was a free course that had a bunch of affiliate links inside of it. It was called 30 days challenge by Ed Dale. And I don't think it even exists nowadays, but, uh, it was, uh, supposed to help you earn your first $1 online with Google AdSense. <laughs> so, Hey, come here, buy this hosting, build a website, set up uh, and so he would, And so he would make a commission on every little thing. And they were selling this, uh, application called Market Samurai. It got sunsetted. I was using Market Samurai from day one and I outlived Market Samurai, but it was uh, offering you very comprehensive SEO competition data. And I think it was the only app that had SEO competition lined up in such a format like SEM Rush, did, uh, like Market Samurai did, that it just, like, I think that Samrush and Ahrefs caught up onto it in like, three years ago. And so this, this thing would always give you the best competition, uh, module for, for the first page of Google. And it was so good of an app that I was forcing my employees later in the, in the company where I used to work that everyone had to install that one. We had like five licenses. It was just like ballistic, <laughs> ballistic, good app. And when you do the keyword research and you find something that makes sense and you write that article, like it had 35, 40% success rate. So you just like call, call a writer, please write this, then it gets back. SEO publishes, two months later, you're driving traffic 
to that to that page. I mean, so you can you imagine how SEO looked like in two thousand? Oh, it was so it was so easy in twelve two thousand twelve. Yeah. I remember the first job I ever got. We were there. There were websites. You could buy links, like like you, you could request put me these anchor texts. Before Penguin hit, Penguin hit like in two thousand and ten. And I was just saw the, the aftermath of the first major algorithm update where companies are going out of business because Google made a change. Yep. Because they were like, they didn't know what they were doing and they, they didn't understand how the Google's updates can mess up their entire business model and they were, they were losing companies. So every time there's a Google algorithm update, someone goes out of business. That 100%. was... That was the that was the thing, and and no one knew SEO. No one had like a contingency plan. So well, they also weren't diversifying too. Like I just saw companies where it's like they put whatever you know their one point two million dollar marketing budget only into SEO practices, and then again an update happens, and their entire thing just evaporates, and they're like, well, where did this go? And it's like this is the game. Like you have to have diversified income sources. Like if you're just relying on one of these channels, like indefinite. If you don't control it, you have to have diversified. Like you have to have email or you have to have something that you own, right? And you could flip companies overnight. Yeah. That, that's, that's what was happening back then. Yeah. You, you could turn a, turn, a, turn a company around in, in a matter of months. Yeah, which is this, which is like organic inbound. So, <laughs> man, I mean, we, we could talk about the old days all day long. The last thing I'll say on the Google Maps thing, I remember my cousin, this was in probably like 2015, 2016, he had uh, all these Google Maps listings that were in like cities that were by the ocean. So like Miami, you know, uh, I think San Diego. He, uh, and he uh, it was for like yacht rental. And so he ranked these for yacht rental. And he had this phone. And I just remember his phone would just be ringing constantly for like people looking for yacht rental. And it was the most ridiculous thing. You know, I, at the time I was like young as shit. And I just remember being like, you get paid off of every phone call that you get. And he's like, yeah, I just like, they call this number and then it forwards to this other company. And then every time that they book, I just get, I just make money off of it. And I was just like, this is insane. And that was just purely just organic map listing ranking. Like you're going to do it now. There's no way, like not in the same way that you would could previously, but that is, that is not true though. You totally could. You think so? I know. Tell, so. tell me about it. Are you doing so, some of this? No, it's just, it's very logistically intensive. Yeah, but if you can register a legitimate business on Google My Business, you can register a fictitious one as well. It's just I, I don't I don't mess with stuff that's like not authentic anymore. Anymore, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I had that was my first job, and yeah. it was for somebody else's benefit, and that's in their name. In my name, yeah. I I like to keep. The whole reason why alpha efficiency is blowing up is integrity. And this is something that I got to share with the younger population watching this uh, episode and just in general with the younger population on the internet is what I'm seeing is that a lot of youngsters are being so swayed by the guru talk and the gurus are teaching them basically borderline scamming the customers. And that's not good for the ecosystem as a whole. Hundred percent. I agree. And the way you will stay in the game is if you introduce the integrity, and then you'll be able to set your own price because people will know you're real. And that—that's the whole reason why we are in business. Is that even when I am, how do I say it? Even if I have to pay out of my own pocket to honor the deal, I'm gonna do that because the reputation that I've been building over the course of the years is so much more valuable than that one deal. Yeah. And that's very hard to convey when you have, when you're broke. Right. So, I, so I think, to... yeah, I mean, the, the best thing that ever happened to me is like, I built one of these up and then I lost it all. Right. And then I was like, fuck, I had no brand, you know, it was like, it was built on sand, the like foundation of this thing. And so as soon as you have like, you know, if you're, you're fucking 20 and you're trying to figure this out, like the thing that the, the, the realization is like build a thing that like has value in its own self. Like if people are Googling your name, like Googling alpha efficiency, like they're going straight to your website as that's, that's kind of my measurement of like people actually are, the brand has value. 
It's like when they're going directly to you, right? Like there, there's a trust that's built into that rather than just like this transactional thing where it's like, cool, you, it's easy to make a quick, like a quick dollar. It's way harder to build a brand where people are like trying to find you. But the brand is uh, what's going to get you the, the, the ability to charge the rates that, that you want to charge. Exactly, and, exactly. Uh, and that's where it's coming from. That's... It's also this like Anon thing. I feel like I see all these young people and they're like doing this anonymously. And they like the gurus are telling them like do this anonymously and like you know then if shit blows up it like you know it can't be tracked back to you i'm like okay cool that you, you could probably make 10 grand a month doing that but if you want to make like 50 grand a month or 100 grand a month like running an agency or doing any of this like there's no way that you can do this anonymous i've never seen it happen unless you're in like some shady ass shit right <laughs> and even then it's like it always blows up like it will catch up with that like that it every time so anyway but the, uh, the, the, agency, the agency model is real because there's no shortage of people that actually want to do the work. That nobody's fucking working. That's my favorite quote. Like there was this meme, two guys out of Miami describing Miami and they're like, nobody's fucking working. That, that's, that's the same across the board. It's not just Miami. Let's make that clear. There's, there's not enough people that are capable of put, filling the seat and deploying their cognitive capacity for eight hours. There's not enough people that want, that are willing to do that. Yeah, Our there's so much work. Process, for If you have a skill that you can sell online, there's so much work. There's an infinite amount of work. <laughs> literally infinite amount of work. And that's what's getting us into the position that when you're an agency owner, you control the means of production. Like you actually control the labor. And yep. that gives you insane leverage in negotiations. Thing that one thing that uh, that stops people that are broke from making money is that desperation mode that I need to get paid so they prioritize money over the positioning and that's why they can't close high value deals. It's totally. easier to close a it's easier to close a fifty thousand dollar website than a than a five thousand dollar website. Yeah, as long as your positioning and branding is appropriate, I totally agree. Cause they, they'll, they'll part with that 50 grand a lot easier. Like if that company's even thinking about that, they'll part with that way easier than they'll part with the five grand. Cause that five grand is like way more valuable to that smaller company than it is to that 50 grand is to like, and it's probably a percent, like just to put percentages on it. It's like five grand is 20% of what they have. Right. Whereas like 50 grand is 1% of what they have. And so it feels different when they're like taking that out of that bank balance. Right. So just like the, a way also, to think about it. Also the person that's paying you $5,000 is the business owner. He's paying you from his personal bank account. The person that's paying you $50,000, that's not his money. He's an employee solving a problem. That's not his money. So 100%. he doesn't feel it touch is, his pocket. The, the thing is, you need to have a website. I think that's what majority of people that are trying to provide services. Like, oh my God, how do I close a, a $5,000 a month contract? Or how do I close a, like all these big guys? They have a website. Like, no one's gonna come to your office. We're in John Hancock. We have a, an office space. So I'm in my home office in the same building. I have an office space that I never use. Uh, it's like 20 floors down. And like, I, I think I used the office for two meetings for the last four years. Like, it's good that if if I want to get out of the house and go like have another venue where I can work from, but like. 80% of the time, I'm just sitting right here. This, this is where I work if I'm, if I'm not traveling. Totally. Totally. All right. Uh, to transition, you kind of segued into this perfectly. So talk to me about how you are doing this Upwork stuff using AI. So basically, you're doing, uh, yeah, just to lay it out for, you're going to do a way better job of explaining it than I can. So Upwork was a really good pipeline for, for leads. I think it still is today. I think we have like over 10,000 emails we just harvested off of Upwork from the websites that people leave. Like, hey, I, this is my website. Like, we need this redesigned. And then boom, you put it in your in your spreadsheet or in your CRM. We, over the years, we collected like 10,000 emails like that. So that was the one part of the, the equation. The other part is we were always there's a really cool ways to can play the algorithm games on Upwork and doing the jobs. We 
harvested everything off of Upwork. Like we never, almost never, like 90% of our business was harvested off of Upwork. So it's breaking their terms of conditions. It gets suspended your fault. Uh, but uh, nowadays I think Upwork is introducing some newer things that are making some of our old school methods obsolete. But uh, long story short, you want to control the, uh, the interaction because Upwork doesn't favor the freelancers. So uh, it makes it easier for freelancers to charge. But when you are a company and a, another business owner talks to you as a company, they don't mind following your terms, which is the most important thing. You want to set your own terms and take that interaction off of Upwork. So we did a lot of gigs on Upwork to establish the reputation. Uh, but then the whole system is not actually favoring the deal in and of itself in order to protect my time. So if a client is not happy with the work, and that does happen, especially with the Upwork clients, and you need to look for the red flags, and there's like a shortage of good clients on Upwork, so you have to be cognizant of it. But if you want to uh, close the deals way more easily, my suggestion would be to focus on delivering like 10 projects on Upwork under your own reputation and deliver on them no matter what. Like whatever client says, bend over backwards and get that good review. So that is really putting you in a disadvantaged position because if I was doing some of these things with more expensive labor, I would run into a negative. So it's very hard to establish a business on Upwork itself. But if you take the business off Upwork, you outline, so the reason why I'm saying this uh, is so that you can set your own terms. Like, so the the one way we were going around this is that we would do a design portion of the project on the, on the Upwork itself, uh, and then for the next part of the project, we would send the contract out. So that- And you uh, got that, that contact information through the interaction of doing that design piece, and Upwork doesn't get pissed because it's like, okay, cool, they get paid on this. Yeah, so they were always getting paid, and uh, it was like going on like that for a while. But yeah. the thing is, we never were promoted by Upwork because our volume on Upwork was small, but I really didn't care. So I ended up spending money on all these connects. I think even to this day, we're like dropping like a seven hundred to fifteen hundred dollars a month on Upwork connects. Crazy. And then Upwork doesn't doesn't bother you. You're you're like you're a customer, and they yeah, know yeah, yeah. they know that freelancers and agencies are taking jobs off of Upwork. So they're trying, but if they get paid, like, if they get paid, they don't care. They're getting paid like 1500 a month from us, let's say, and it's great money for them. And we pull out like, I don't know, like 10 K of new business off of Upwork every yeah. month. And, and it's cool. So how are you like, doing these proposals? You told me this before where it's like, you wrote this massive prompt, right? That basically ingests the Upwork proposal. And then it, a VA goes in and sends these connects out based off of this, like, you know, Massive if-then statement that you built. Is so that right? The, that, that is correct, yeah. So I got the chat GPT for updated version and I started messing around with our own proposal. Like we had we had template system. We, we were identifying eight product lines that were capable of executing on Upwork and then we were sending canned template proposals for these, uh, for these project types. And afterwards, we would set like portfolios that are specific. We were selling PPC, we were selling SEO, we were selling Google Maps, we were doing websites, e-commerce. Every combination had its own template. And when ChatGPT came around, it's like maybe February this year, that we updated the process to full ChatGPT. We fed ChatGPT with these previous proposals and then we asked ChatGPT to integrate these previous proposals and to find the similar uh, similar projects we've done in the past, and then we fed it to all the projects we've done in the past to be able to pull the examples automatically. And that that was like a long, long, long conversation with with ChatGPT. So it memorized like a lot of things, uh, backtracked, and then the prompt itself became complex. Hey, please don't start the sentence with, uh, I hope this email finds you well, or anything else that Indian speakers would utilize in the chat GPT prompt. Like, because the, the chat GPT is fed with Indian English. Like half the internet is written with Indian English, but like 
just stating the obvious. And a lot of phrases are using that old school English, like UK English that is also used in India. So you can literally recognize when someone is using ChatGPT in a very retarded way, when it starts saying things like, I hope this email finds you well. Like it's, it's really obvious because everyone, and everyone is using, using ChatGPT now uh, to apply for jobs in Upwork. It's not nothing new. I'm not reinventing the wheel. But uh, the VA got it, and I felt, because you can get this gig radar, I think that the application is called gig radar, and it applies for jobs within 10 minutes from the moment it gets out. So on our end, I'm like, I don't need that. We have, we paid $20 for ChatGPT. We don't need all the jobs that are coming out. I don't want to spend $3,000 on Auto Connect. So I want to spend 1000 intelligently deployed. And um, I didn't want to fire my, my girl that's, that's, doing these things. She's, a, she's amazing. Lucilla, if you listen to this, you're absolutely amazing. Uh, Shout out. And <laughs> yeah, like all my employees are ballers. I, I really love them. And that's why I don't knock on people that are employees. That's, that's the one thing that I don't understand in this entrepreneurship community. You need employees. Why are you knocking people that are employees? You're not smarter because you're an entrepreneur. You're taking more risk. Not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody wants that risk. That's really like, that's what it comes down to. And that's fine. Like, you know, there's, there's places for all of that in this ecosystem, like in this market. So, so th that being said, my, my single biggest source of joy right now is that I'm enabling employment opportunities that are changing lives and are empowering people to live their best version of themselves without stress. Yeah. A lot, a lot of employment opportunities are ran by immature entrepreneurs that are harsh to their employees. Then you have a turnover, et cetera, et cetera, that's happening. And that's like not leading to productive outcomes in the society. So one of the things that I really enjoy is having healthy and happy employees. It's, awesome. it's also, that's just like where, I mean, that's where you want to show up to work every day, right? It's like in an environment where you actually enjoy, I don't know. I was, <laughs> Like you, t like you spend in a quarter, you know, a third of your day working. Like it better, you better enjoy that in, that, that atmosphere that you make for yourself. And it's, it needs to be healthy for both sides. That's totally. Just the, just the nature of things. I gotta turn the light on. Such a long commute to this light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, hey, there was this viral video that we gotta cover about the commute. Uh, this little girl that just got her first job in New York. Oh, Jersey. yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me Damn. about it. Did you watch it? I, I saw it, but like, I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. 100% right. She's 100% right. Like, we as a humanity are advancing. There were so many people knocking on the girl. Uh, the girl's like spot on. Like, there's no more reason for us to be stuck in the commute, in traffic in 2023 when 80% of the jobs are going to be remote why do you force people to come to a place where they're going to hate it and lose four hours of their life on commute that's makes crazy no sense i so the reason why i'm sitting here where i am now is precisely what she was saying i'd rather talk to the chair she's like she's on her period she's crying her ass off and like I'm depressed, I don't have a life, and I can't even get a boyfriend. When will I have the time for this? And I'm like, she's so right. This is this is 2023. We can advance our society past the archaic ways. I think that five to ten years from now, we'll be looking at in-person jobs as like, whoa. And I yeah, think, that think of the past. That going that people that are going to work in the physical location gonna get paid mad money. Yeah. Mad money because no one will want to go yeah. to to the to the office without getting extra pay. Like are you are you covering for my four hours of commute? Are you covering for my for my transportation? No. That's no. Super interesting. Like, so so my so my employees are like when they're talking to their uh, peers and talking about the uh, about uh, compensation for for traffic, they just like say like, well, my boss is paying for my commute. What do you mean you work from home? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
like I just, I just love them. They're 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 awesome. So I I, I find a lot of joy that uh, that we have thirty contractors working for us and pushing really hard. That's awesome uh, to get to get um, where it is today. So so if you were start like let's talk lo- like logistical challenges of running an agency. I think this is the hardest thing. So I mean you're dealing with thirty people. <clears throat> talk to us about how this is structured, how you got it there, and then I, I'd love you like to. Share, like, if you were starting over again, like, you were, you know, again, 23, 24, and you were trying to do, like, build some agency out, like, what would you do to, to kind of start that process? So, now. if I was if I was starting over, I wouldn't start an agency. Uh, agency is a response to a job that I have to go to. And there, I wanted to start a company that I myself would want to work in. Uh, but I always wanted to get out of efficiency to become a media powerhouse and an education website that is selling courses and stuff all the way back to 2010. So, and even in 2014, Alpha Efficiency was a magazine on the iOS app store that was just like dawned in 2014. We had like 300, 400 subscribers paying us $4 per month. And we were chilling out like 12 blog posts for four bucks a month about productivity. So very early on, I was, I was a part of this creator economy before it was cool. Uh, but I had a job and I just moved to the States, so I couldn't, couldn't fulfill that. But if I could go back in time, I'd just triple down on media and content marketing and selling content that actually helps people. Because that's, that's what I always envisioned myself to do. That was my first dream. That's why I started Alpha Efficiency in the first place. But agency was a byproduct because I could never do everything that I that needs to be done to start such a company on my own. This is my yeah, you have to have that agency piece. So it's almost like you build and you get that cash flow from it. I, th- I think that like within agencies are like one of the easiest ways to get cash flow. I mean, like people just don't realize this. <laughs> like they are. They are a straightforward and simple to understand way to get the cash flow, but you need to be a good salesperson. Yeah. I, I, I guess I there's different types of agencies too. Like, and to talk through, like what I wasn't thinking about anymore when I, if, if it's ever an agency business is like, is this something that's happening week over week, day over day or month over month, right? So it's like a great example of these types of companies is like, okay, you do clips for podcasts or you do email marketing for e-commerce companies or you do, you know, something where it's, or social media management, something where it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a routine thing that's happening over and over again. Um, Cause like, then it's like it, the, the, the business economics function really similarly to a like software as a service product where it's like, I get paid on this like recurring thing. In contrast to like what you do, it's like, yeah, you close these 50K deals, right? But it's like, you're still having to go, th- you always have to have pipeline. It's just a sales pipeline process that you're having to manage, really, right? So Yeah, it's because 50 to 100K deals, they are structured in three to six months. So it almost looks like a recurring revenue. You don't get paid like 50% upfront and then 50% after. And if you do, like, let's say a $15,000 website, which would be like the, the, the cheapest product that we, we do, it is done in two parts, but like imagine a $1,500 retainer is about $15,000 a year. So it's almost like selling that thing, right? Yeah. And if you have a affordable way of fulfilling, if that's your competitive, my competitive advantage was always offshore labor. Like yeah. I don't even hide it. Yeah. And even my customers know it and they're like, all your employees have amazing English. Of course, I sourced every single one of them. I didn't hire Are they in them. Serbia or where are they at? They're everywhere. We Everywhere. have people, we have devs from Serbia, designers from Argentina, uh, and people from, from all over the map. We're looking for the best talent. Do they work only U S time zones or do they work yeah. their own time zones? Only, work US. only, only U S time zone. Yeah. Nice. Nice. The, so uh, Argentinians have no problem in Serbia. It's like a sec- second shift. Uh, but we have a policy as a company. We don't hire anything that's outside of, uh, ability to satisfy US time zone within a reasonable hours of operations for the person working. So if a US based person wanted to work from India for Alpha efficiency, we wouldn't hire them. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter like, or Philippines or whatnot, because it's not humane. Yeah. Like why would you force someone? And that's a lot of US companies do this. 
and I think it's a bad karma. Why do you force people to work 5 a.m. Indian time? Why? Like that's that's bad for their cortisol. It's bad bad for their sleep sleep patterns. Just so you can save a buck. Hire Latin America save a buck. Like yeah. why? Like what? What, what? What's what's the thing? Like there's hundreds of, hundreds of millions of people in this like vertical time zone vertical, and you're hiring over there, and you're forcing this person to work U.S. hours. It's just slavery 2.0. Yeah. And you don't even care about about the person that's delivering you that labor. You literally don't care. You don't pay for their health insurance or anything of that matter. And then you're forcing them to stay work until 4 a.m. And like when I hear that that happens, I just like, this is so wrong. This is so wrong. And these people have like very limited options and that's putting them deeper into that cycle yeah. of not being able to sprawl out and get healthy because I, I, I can't imagine myself working a third shift. Yeah. That's great. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, no, I, that's I, I totally agree. I think that's an interesting thing to incorporate like into the policy. Like, yo, we just don't hire you. Like, cause it's like, it's just a quality of life thing. Like we don't want that like for you. <laughs> and so it, we, don't yeah. want, it's, it, we don't want that for you. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. And I have a lot of people off of Twitter that are out of India. Like, can you hire me? Can you hire me in your agency? Like we, we don't do that. Yeah. I've seen this happen in the companies I used to work at and it's just, it's just not right. Yeah. You talk to these people. I, some of the guys on on Money Twitter from India, I don't know why do they stay up so so late for for their time, but they don't want to miss out on the opportunities that are happening. They, I, just don't do that. Like, there's so many other ways that you can make money that we don't even see because we're not in your country, and there's they're still amazing. So don't bow down to the to the U.S. time zone. Like work in your own time zone. No, the, I feel this. The world, the world is huge and don't sacrifice your health for money. I've been doing that for so long. I'm saying this from experience. It's just so not worth it because you have to observe this game as a marathon. Yeah. And you'll get, and you'll get to destination where you need to be, uh, easily. This is probably like completely different energy from my podcast with Joe. Uh, but there's one way that I'm talking to people like their employees and, and workplaces. And then there's like other way that is about the entrepreneurs. And if you really want to- I think we have both of that, right? Like you just, you just talked about how you game 25,000 calls a month for like loan officers. <laughs> and then it's also, okay, cool. Now we only hire like people in these specific time zones because we just don't want to ruin their lives. Like, I think that's a, that's a healthy balance for both sides of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, hell yeah, man. Yo, thank you for coming on. If people want to find you, uh, where can they go? Uh, are you on Twitter, LinkedIn, or what's your what's your preference? Just uh, hop on Conversion Insider. I'm dropping one newsletter per week. I'm cool. turning that one into a YouTube video as well. I'll add it in the show notes. It'll be easy for them to find it, and we can do that for show. ConversionInsider.com. You'll get all the other contact info in there if you want to follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, whatnot. It's all good. But it was a great pleasure. Uh, B, love having you, man. We'll have you back. I want to hear. I want to hear about all this stuff. I know you're uh, you're doing all this crazy stuff and like Discord and all of these kind of like it, it, it's it's all these community things. And so, anyways, we'll have you back once you like are are deeper in that and have us talk. You know, have yeah. you talk to us about that. Let let me put some results on the table first, and I I'll love talk it. more. Talk, talk more in details what's going on. That's but perfect, Cody, man. Thanks for having me, man. It was a great pleasure. Of course, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Later.